0: Welcome to the Adventure Church podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. Somebody say amen. You know the Bible says, "Suffer not the little children to come unto me." Right? And I, I love watching kids because they're innocent. And I'll tell you, I, I love that little girl. I don't. I think it's Kevin's daughter, Kasia. With the little girl over here with the pink dress, wasn't she something, man? Was she? I was trying to pick, pick out her dance moves. She was really going at it. Whose who's little one is that? That's your little one? Man, I mean, to tell you, she was, she's was she got the moves, Mama. Amen. Amen. Did she learn that in Africa? Because you're from Africa. She learned that in Africa? Yeah, there you go. That was fun to watch. Hey, uh, I'll tell you, I, I uh, want you to give it up for Pastor Katie and Pastor Caleb. Didn't they do a great job? <laughs> I'm telling you, I I am so proud of them, Pastor Katie, putting all that together. And for you new parents, uh, we have a packed house today, obviously, but for you new parents today, let me just share with you what's really happening here at Adventure Church. Uh, Over to my right, our old previous building. That is entirely set up for the Children Youth Center. And if you haven't been over, even our old people, the older people that have been attending, if you have not been over to the old building, you need to go check it out. It's amazing how they set it all up and how it's all decorated. It is so cool how they really worked hard at that. Uh, We've been donated. Money was given to us that we got video games for all the youth now. You should see we got that all set up. The whole building's all set up for the kids, our bleachers, and it's just a lot of fun. So if you're interested in wondering what's going on at the other previous building, please go in there and check it out. It's amazing what's happening over there and how decorated it is over there. It's a lot of fun. I want to say this real quick. We have a few spots left open uh, for the state fair. And if you are interested in going, hey, it's going to be a great time, Bring your snacks, whatever you can bring out on the bus, and it's $11 for us seniors, right? And uh, we're just going to have a great time, and we're going to walk through the fairgrounds together. And our whole goal is to get acquainted with each other. And so we're going to be on the bus ride, we're going to be on there, and we're just having a good time. And so I want to encourage you, we have a few spots left open, and sign up back there. Also, people have been asking about water baptism at the camp out. Well, if you want to be water baptized, we didn't set up a, uh, um, a sign up sheet. And the reason why we didn't do that is because... We want you to feel led, and we when we do it at the at the time there at the at the picnic, we're just going to baptize people right spontaneously. If you want to get baptized, we're going to baptize you there in the lake there uh, at, at Sconewood, and we're just going to have a great time. And so in saying that, please come out to the church picnic. It's going to be a great time. And anytime, if maybe you're not camping at Sconewood, but we are, we're going to be out there, and our campsite's going to be the big fire. So we invite you to come. I know Molly's out there and Macy's out there, and and Tori's out there, and Jessica, and we got a bunch of people out there, but we're going to have campfire going on from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, even Sunday night, and you are welcome to be out there and just hang out with us, bring your lawn chairs, and we're just going to have a great time. So we invite the church, but the picnic is Saturday, and I want to encourage you to come out and be a part of that. It's going to be a blast, and we're going to have a slip and slide. Kids, wait till you see. We have a huge slip and slide, and I man, last year I got on that bad boy. Quinn was a trooper on that bad boy and i mean to tell you we fly this year we're going to do it right into the lake so we're going to come right off the hill right into the lake and it's going to be a great time. We're going to provide the hot dogs and hamburgers to the church and all that kind of stuff. But Saturday morning at 9 o'clock, if you want to come early, at 9 o'clock we're having a free pancake and sausage breakfast. And we want to encourage you to come out for that if you want to come to that 9 o'clock on Saturday. And then the picnic starts around noon if you want to bring your food and we'll have fun. A lot of things are going to be happening. Amen? I, I know that I'm not going to do justice to be able to preach today, but I want to start I, I, I want to just tell you real quickly about an experience I had on Tuesday. And uh, on Tuesday, I was in prayer, and just like I am every day. But this last Tuesday was a particular fond day that God really just moved on my heart. And uh, I went to the staff on Tuesday. We have staff meetings on Tuesday after coming out of prayer. And the Holy Spirit began to speak to me and said, Pastor CJ, get ready because Adventure Church in these communities I get ready to move into revival. I, I, I really feel that in my heart. You know, I remember singing a the song, there's going to be a revival in the land, but I want to change the words and put, there is going to be a revival in the land. And God began to speak to my heart about, Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit, that God wants to do something special here in these communities. It's not about Adventure Church. It's about J-E-S-U-S and him crucified. And so when I felt that in my heart, on Wednesday, I received a text from a guy named Jim. And Jim texted me, he said, Pastor, he said, I want to let you know I just had a dream, and I want to share with you the dream, and I'm going to share with you in a nutshell the dream. he said, Pastor, he said, I saw that Adventure Church is entering into revival, and people are coming in by the droves and getting saved and set free and delivered. And he said, I saw that the Spirit. And he said, I wanted to relay that to you before I forget the dream about what God laid on my heart. Then I came in this morning in a confirmation again. I'm worshiping on the first service this morning, and I saw these backpacks. And every one of these backpacks, Cheryl and I had the privilege of going to three different Walmarts Pine City. Forest Lake and the cities to get all these school supplies, and all the school supplies that you need, that the kids need, is in these backpacks. Everything you need is in there, and we had the privilege of going to these four different Walmarts to collect it all, but when I came in today, I didn't know how Katie was going to set up the backpacks and so on, and I'm worshiping over there, and I opened my eyes, and the Lord said to me, these backpacks look like sandbags. And if you know anything about sandbags, they stop the flow or they help the water or the levee to continue to grow without receding. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, CJ, these backpacks represent the sandbags because the Holy Spirit's going to get that deep in this place. Come on. Somebody say amen. Amen. And I I want you to know as I prayed over the first church and the first service, and I'm going to pray over you right now. My heart is that, Bill, we see revival. You know, the Bible says faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God in Romans 10, 17. I don't want to just hear it about it anymore. I want to experience it. Amen. I don't want to be ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep. I want to be over my head with the spirit of God. The Bible says in the last days you're going to pour out a spirit upon all flesh. Your young men will dream dreams, and God will begin to pour out a spirit. How many want to see that again? It starts with you and I. It's not with the pastor. It's not just with the staff. It's us corporately believing together. Two or three agree, it shall be done. It's corporately believing for God to pour out his spirit. We have not because we ask not. But when the church comes together in one accord and believes together, there's no limit to what God can do when the church comes together and unified as one accord. And so over these next few weeks, I want to be talking about which way. I don't know about you, but our world is full of a lot of confusion right now. There's a lot of turmoil going on in our world right now. But I want to set off this sermon series by watching this video. I want you to check this out. How do you feel like that's our world right now? We're all confused right now, right? And if you have your sermon notes, and I know I'm just going to brush on this real quick, but if you have your sermon notes, These are some of the things or the questions that I'm facing as a pastor, okay? Here's what people say. What is true, pastor? You know, I I watch CNN. I watch Fox News. I watch Centerpoint or whatever it's called. I watch all these news channels. What is really true? You know, and the Bible says the truth will set us free. But what's seeming to be happening, Pastor, is that I'm walking in confusion, doubt, fear, and worry that I don't really know what's truth. And because I don't know what's true, I'm in this place of being right now just in neutral. I'm not sure what way to go and what way to take and what what, what to say. Another one is this. Pastor, what do I do? You Ever said that right now? Pastor, what do I do? In this situation, in this crisis that's going on right now around us, what do we do or what do I do to prepare myself to get ready? What do I do? Have you ever said that before? What do I do? Another one is this Who's telling the truth? I mean, you could sit with some person over here and they can give their opinion about this topic and you could go to the next person and they give their opinion about that topic and you really admire or respect both people, but yet they're saying two different stories from each other. Who is telling the truth? And because you don't know the truth, we are walking in confusion and walking in this amaze, like, God, what do I do and how do I turn and what way do I go and what should I do? And we're always asking these questions, Another one is this, is that what's going to happen? What is going to happen in our world, our society, in all what's going on right now around us? What is going to happen? Are we going to be caught up in the air? Is Jesus going to come home and take us home right now? Or are we going to get vaporized and get taken off this planet? What is going to happen? And because of that question, a lot of people really, believe it or not, are walking in fear. And they're walking in fear. And my my phone dings all the time, text messages, emails, messages. I get CDs or, or videos all the time that people are, Pastor, what is going to happen? And, you know, the Bible says that God is not an author of confusion, but a God of peace. And there's a lot of confusion and doubt, fear, and worry that's going on in our society, in our world right now, with all the world events that are taking place. There's a lot of people that are in upheaval. So, Pastor, what are we going to do? Another one is this, a big one. Are we ever going to get through this? How many you ever said this before? Are we? bless you, had to push it out, wouldn't pay the rent, right? And are we ever going to get through this are we ever going to get through this dilemma the situation that we're going through in our life right now are we going to see the light at the end of the tunnel? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Maybe you work with people around you that are saying the same question. They're having the same answers. Like, hey, pastor, what are we going to do? Maybe at your workplace, people are walking in confusion. People are upset. They're mad. They're angry at each other, and all this stuff is happening. How many of you know that the enemy is like a lion, looking roaming to and fro, looking for whom he may devour? He wants to try to separate and divide the church and make the church fight against each other and anger against each other. But when the church Comes together in unity in one accord. There's no limit to what the church can do for the glory of God. If we stand united together in Christ Jesus, nothing is impossible. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. Amen? I love this. Faith thrives in holy discomfort. You know, in holy discomfort right now, maybe you're feeling just frustrated and discomfort, and you're going through situations in your life. You know when your faith is really tested? When you're going through storms of life. It thrives. That's when you really know where your deep lits are, where your your heart is at, where your trust is at, where your really loyalty is at That God. My faith thrives in holy discomfort. How many of you, man, I don't know about you, but when I was going to college, I took sometimes 21 credit hours there at North Central. And then taking those 21 credit hours, all every class never seemed to fail. I had a term paper I had to do for every class. Some cl- classes I had two to three term papers that I had to do. And if you take 21, class, 21 credits, that's usually from five to seven cl- uh, classes. Some are two credits, some are three cl- credits. And so I sometimes would have to take and do five term papers during that semester. And I'm mean going to tell you, if you're anything like me, sometimes I'm a procrastinator. Any of you procrastinators in the house? I mean, you're procrastinators, right? We hate to say it. We hate to admit it, but we are. We're sometimes procrastinators. But you know what? I've always found that when it really the rubber hit the road, man, when I really had to get that term paper done, I would stay up all night and go to Perkins and drink coffee like crazy. I think that's why I can't drink coffee now because I drank too much back then. to keep me awake to write my term papers. But it never failed that whenever I was under pressure to produce a term paper, I always came through at the end. And I'm here to tell you today, if you hold on to your faith and not give up on your faith, you will come through in the end. But your faith will pull you through the discomfort that you're going through right now in life if you will hold on and not let go you got to hold on. I love this in First Thessalonians chapter 3. Paul is talking to the church in Thessalonians. And I know I'm not going to get this done. And this is part one. Thank God because I know I'm not going to get it done. But he's talking to the church in Thessalonians. And he's talking there about there's persecution. There's hardships. There's always seems to be a phase through the world and through life. There's always persecution, hardship, famine goes on in our lives. And here he's talking to the church in Thessalonica and he's saying to them, listen, so we could not stand it no longer. In other words, the upheaval, the dissension, the struggles, the persecution, the hardships that were going on right now in the church of Thessalonica. He says, We thought it was best to be left by ourselves in Athens. In other words, he had to separate himself from all that confusion, all that turmoil, all that persecution that was going on, the bitterness and anger, resentment, people turning against people, and all that stuff. He had to separate himself and come out from among them. But then he goes on to say in verse 2, he says this, we sent Timothy. Timothy was a minister of the gospel. He was one that would be helping to spread the gospel, just like you and I, we're all disciples. We're like a Timothy that needs to spread and to minister the gospel to the hurting and to the lost and to the dying world. So he said, so we sent Timothy, who was our brother and our co-worker in God's service in spreading the gospel of Christ. To strengthen, now you got to get this, to strengthen and encourage you, if you have your Bibles, put your name there, in your faith. In other words, what he was saying is, he said, "'I want to encourage you and strengthen you in your faith.'" The area that the enemy wants to attack you the most at is not necessarily physical and all these other things. He wants to attack you in your faith. If he can start making you doubt and start questioning God and start having all these fears and insecurities about God does God really love me? If he loved me, why am I going through this? That's attacking your faith. And he attacks your faith because if you let go of your faith, in other words, you're saying you're letting go of God. You're saying, God, I don't trust you no more. I'm giving up on you. And by saying that, is letting go of your faith. But he goes on in verse 3, says, so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. So in other words, there were struggles, trials, hardships that were going on there in that time And there were situations that were happening. The Bible says in 1 Peter, don't be surprised by these many struggles or hardships in which you're going to face. Don't be caught off guard. Don't be blindsided by them. They're going to happen. We live in a sinful world. We live in a world where the enemy is like a lion, roaming to and fro. His mission is to kill, rob, and destroy. That's what his whole mission is all about. So don't be surprised by these things. Don't be blindsided. If you know who your God is and if God is for you, who can be against you? And if God is for you, guess what? You're on the winning team if you do not let go of your faith. Then he goes on to say, in fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted. How many of you feel like you're being persecuted right now? We're being persecuted about taking a shot not taking a shot. We're being persecuted about our beliefs, our morals, our standards. We're being persecuted. We're under persecution. We're being questioned in a lot of areas of our lives right now. How many can relate to what I'm talking about? My nieces just lost their jobs because they wouldn't take the shot. They lost their medical jobs because they wouldn't take the shot. There's a lot of persecution. People are are, are sending me letters right now that Pastor Carolyn and others are working on a letter right now. Pastor, we need letters, man, that we can give to our employees to be able to keep our job, that this is our religious belief that, man, I don't want to take this shot. Pastor, help me draft up a letter so I can submit it to my employer. They're being persecuted for every angle of our lives right now. How many can relate to what I'm talking about right now, right? But then he goes on to say, and it turned out, no, go back, go back. And it says, and it turned out that that way as well as we know. Now, verse 5, watch this. He said, for this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labors might have been in vain. For the sake of time, the church of today is under fire, and our beliefs our morals and our convictions and our faith is under fire. I'm going to close with this because I know I'm not going to justify a thing, but I want to close with this. In Luke chapter 22, let me show you an example of how Jesus is doing the same thing. How many of you know that God is all-powerful? God's never lost a battle, nor will he ever lose a battle. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. At the name of Jesus, everything's going to bow, right? He has a power over every authority. He is all authority. He's is all-sufficient God. And here's what happens. Jesus said to Simon, 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 Satan has asked to sift you, all of you, as wheat. In other words, he's like, I'm going to come against you, I'm going to persecute you, I'm going to harass you, I'm going to try to bring you down, I'm going to attack you, I'm going to come at every angle to try to get you discouraged, defeated, and want to quit. And Jesus saw that. Jesus could have jumped in his boat. Jesus could have took that battle just like he can with you. He can jump into your boat at any moment. If he can come in the twinkling of an eye, Scott, then guess what? He can change your circumstances in the twinkling of an eye. But sometimes God doesn't jump into your boat right away because he wants to see if your faith is going to survive. Are you going to thrive in your faith of discomfort when you're under pressure? So look at what Jesus did in verse 32. He says, but I... Jesus saying this to Simon, but I have prayed for you. How many of you know that Jesus is praying for us right now? He's making intercession on behalf of us at the Father right now. When he sees you and going through a situation in life, do you think Jesus has abandoned you? Absolutely not. Do you ever notice in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, when Jesus was before Moses and Moses said, God, who should I say sent me? I am. I am who I am. So whenever you're going through a struggle in your life, you need to remind yourself, who is I am? I am means I am stable, I am secure, I am a rock, and I will not be moved. So whenever you're going through a problem in your life, you need to ask, Jesus, are you with me? You know his response is, I am. I am. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus, do you love me? Yes, I do. I am with you. So every time you're faced with a pressure in your life, you just say, God, do you love me? Yes, I am. I change not. So watch this. He says, I pray. No, go back, go back. She's real fast. I like her. But I prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when he had turned back, strengthen your brothers. So in other words, what he's saying, Terry, I could jump in your situation. In a moment, I could come to your situation. In a moment, I could jump into your situation. Jesus, man, when he faced his face into the wind in John chapter 6, he said to the storms, enough is enough. And they became still. AND IF HE CAN DO THAT TO THEM, HE CAN DO THAT FOR YOU. BUT SOMETIMES JESUS DOESN'T WANT YOU TO TAKE THE EASY WAY OUT. HE DOESN'T WANT TO JUMP IN YOUR BOAT RIGHT AWAY AND HAVE YOU TAKE THE EASY WAY OUT. HE WANTS TO SEE, ARE YOU GOING TO PERSEVERE? ARE YOU GOING TO HOLD ON? ARE YOU GOING TO KEEP THE FAITH UNDER THE PRESSURES AND STORMS THAT YOU GO THROUGH IN LIFE? IT'S NOT A TIME TO BAIL. IT'S A TIME TO RUN TO GOD. I'M GOING TO RUN TO GOD. Jesus is in prayer for you right now, praying for your faith. He's praying, don't give up. You know the shortest verse in the Bible is John 7, verse 37. You know what it is? Jesus wept. You know what he weps over? He weeps over the ones who lose the faith. He weeps over the ones that give up. He weeps over the ones that quit, when under pressure. He weeps over the ones that say, I can't do this no more. When Jesus says, yes, you can. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I am with you. When under fire, it's not a time to run from faith, but to run to it. The tempter's role or mission is to turn up up the presence or the pressure and the fire in your life to make you give up on your faith or trust in God. I'm going to pick this up next week. But my encouragement to you today is hold on to the faith. Next week, we're going to be talking about where do I go? What do I do? How do I get through this? How do I navigate to the storms of life? So Pastor Katie's going to come, and we're going to give out these backpacks, these sandbags filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to today's message. If this message has encouraged you in any way, please consider giving to Adventure Church to help continue this ministry. Giving is safe and easy through our website at www.adventurechurchsiren.com. Thank you for your generous support.